I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. Yes, <laughs> only the best audio on yeah. this. <laughs> after the, after the past, I don't know, man. I feel like we always have technical difficulties. <laughs> Welcome to Written by. This is not a usual episode, but it's still the number one podcast in the world. Right behind every single other podcast. Right behind all those. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Robert? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm also tired. I know you're usually tired. but I am. Well, we usually record these on Tuesday nights yes. when I've been at school all day uh-huh. and work. Yeah. But I actually, I've just been chilling at home doing homework oh, today. Nice. Have, have you, it's Sunday, so that means you had to work. I did have to work. It's mainly I just had to get up early for work. Which sucks. Yeah. 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 It's like, man, why is church so early? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I've never understood that. It's like, why? Yeah. And then like you Cause think... like in, in like the biblical canon, it's like, you biblical know, <laughs> Sunday is a day of rest. But like, why are we getting yeah, up so getting early, up early on the rest dude? day? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's work for you. So you're not resting. That's true. On Sunday. Yeah. They should. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, do you think that when they were writing that part of the Bible... I don't know who, like, I don't know what part, like, what book of the Bible it says. Is it Genesis? Because the seventh day is for rest? Is that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who Genesis. wrote Genesis? You know, Genesis, I'm pretty sure it was, like, passed down orally until, like, someone wrote it down. Oh. I forget exactly who. It wasn't like, you know. It wasn't like Mark Paul did wrote it. Mark. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I was thinking. Do you think like when they, when they made that tradition of like resting on Sundays, Mm -hmm. do they think about like, well, the pastor has to work on Sunday. I guarantee you when they wrote Genesis, they were not thinking about celebrity preachers if they like shows (laughs) (laughs) and worship singers with skinny jeans. That's that's my hot take. (laughs) Robert's coming out the, out the gate with these ones, man. Oh man, that's I'm lucky funny. no one listens to this <laughs> from work. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, dude. So this is a different episode than most. We're not going to be doing a um a normal episode, a normal episode yeah. where we write a short film. Yeah, why aren't we doing that, Chase? <laughs> well, I don't like the way you said that. I <laughs> <laughs> guys, I've been I've been going through a lot, man. Uh, I graduate in like fifteen mm-hmm. days or something like that. So I've been doing a lot of school, a lot of work and stuff, and uh, I'm making my excuses before I talk about what I yes. did. And guys, I, I messed up. Uh, <laughs> uh, first thing that happened was we have a missing episode mm-hmm. because one of our, I use two SD cards and I rotate them. So that way I can be editing one episode while we record another one and I don't accidentally override 
the previous episode, right? One of the SD cards just doesn't work anymore. It's gone. So there's a missing episode. We found that out the hard way. (laughs) But yeah, that that happens. So we usually have a backup episode ready to go in case we miss a um, recording. Yeah. Well, we didn't miss the recording. I I didn't format the card. (laughs) And so we sat in here and talked for over an hour making a short film and it didn't record. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this this type of stuff happens, y'all. But still, uh it it it, it wouldn't be as disappointing if they were like average episodes or like bad episodes, but yeah, they were both pretty solid. solid. I still have hope that one day that SD card is just going to work because this yeah. has happened before with that SD card, uh-huh. but it fixed the next day. So I wasn't that stressed about it. Huh. I will get it to work one day. Okay. So guys, there's a missing episode that you will hear one day, one day, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. Oh yeah. We, we made a negative thing, a positive thing. There's a mystery episode out there that hopefully everybody will get to hear one day. Exactly. Yeah. And for only nine 99, you can subscribe to our <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> You subscribe to the Patreon, you get the messing episode. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, since since we gotta we gotta put out something tomorrow, and you check it to see if it's yeah, right. we're good. It's, <laughs> the, the light is red. We're good. Yeah. So what were you saying? Well, since we gotta put out something together, I figured you know it's been a while since we just like sat here and talked a little, yeah. and I realize that we are both working on feature film scripts right now that is true and i don't know i'm just really curious to talk to you about how that's going i thought that could be something interesting like for the listeners just to like hear us because like we're normally doing like really short form like seven page stuff which is essentially just like one scene typically yeah yeah but doing the and like the feature is like a whole different beast and like i'm a i'm going through the second draft process of a feature which the hardest part is the first draft and then and then you have to go back through it i would argue that the first draft that you do is the hardest because you have to actually you know create it yeah the second half uh, draft is the most tedious to get through i would yeah i would agree because like tedious is a good word yeah it's just i mean the difference between like the biggest difference between a short and a feature I've realized is just like the sheer amount of things you have to keep track of. And like you, uh, you posted on Twitter like last week or so that like you were, you're writing like a mystery thing and you were like, most of, most of this writing is just like keeping track of like what to reveal when is it too much or not enough. And like, it's like, is this giving away too much? Is this going to ruin the ending? That kind of thing. Yeah, and like that—that's been my exact experience. Like doing this, the second draft is this whole process of like going back and like fixing everything has just been like the main task I've been doing is just like, does this make sense? Like, am I am I establishing the rules of this universe correctly? Mm, is pacing. stuff being revealed too quickly yeah. and not quickly enough? is stuff that goes off in the third act being planted properly in the first stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's almost like universal throughout. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, so what is the, what is the script that you're writing? 
if you want to say yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's actually top secret, Chase. Uh, I sold it to Warner Brothers. <laughs> it's Tenet 2. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be vague about it, but last last fall, fall of 2020, yes. uh, there was this, this like film competition where yeah. we could like make like a three minute short that had like a feature behind it and i came up with this idea and we shot it it was the uh, the, the, the the haunted fridge short My fridge film. is haunted yeah yeah yep. so which i really still like i watched it the other day oh that's nice I still stand yeah. behind it cool cool yeah it was it was a great just like no budget thing to like get done really quickly it was yeah. like me like inching back into the short film world but uh yeah i did i had a whole feature idea around it mm-hmm. when we shot it and i've written it i haven't i haven't read it yet either nope. so yeah i'm excited to if i if i get the opportunity to yeah no this uh this second draft is definitely the draft i'm gonna send out to people which is what has made this whole thing so nerve-wracking because <laughs> is, people are gonna because i know that like people are gonna read and it's kind of like it. it's kind of like hey this is what i'm capable of yeah yeah that's scary <laughs> That is very scary. Yeah, but I'm also I'm curious how is is this thing you're doing now? Is this your first feature you've done by, by myself? Yeah, yeah. I've I've always done. I like I would be when I was first writing, I would write pilots because yeah. that just felt like achievable. It was like you could mm-hmm. do thirty minutes. That's thirty pages. That's so achievable. Yeah. Uh, and this is the first. And then the first feature I ever wrote was with you. We wrote a feature. Mm-hmm. I guess was that two summers ago or was that last no, summer? No, it was last summer. Yeah. Time flies in COVID times, baby. Wait, or technically No, we're not. in the end of it 2021. It was last year. Yeah. 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 Was it dirt? No, it was before 2020. No, it was summer 2020. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know time. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. That was the first feature I had written. Uh, and I learned a ton from you. You taught me a ton, just kind of about like structure and pacing mm-hmm. um because before that you i think you had read some stuff i had done before that and yeah. when i read that now i'm like oh i you can definitely see where i learned uh-huh. <laughs> when i worked with you you really taught me a ton about about you know, like i knew about three act structure and and you know story structure like mm-hmm. hero's journey stuff like that but i just didn't grasp it and then working with you when because huh. the process guys was very like we would be on the phone for an hour, like every week or every other week, practically we would talk about what was going to be next. And then we would give each other, like we would each have a scene to work on. And like the first day that we talked on the phone was for like several hours and we outlined the whole thing pretty much. And Robert made a shared note where he really like broke down the outline bullet point by bullet point and it was just really easy to understand the pacing of a script screenplay at that point so after i did that um we wrote a bunch of stuff you know with this podcast shorts and then um for my senior project i decided i was going to write a 90 page feature and so that was my long story of being like (laughs) yes this is my first by myself (laughs) i mean what what has it been like like as the first feature by yourself. Cause I know that like that, that could be a pretty like daunting thing. Yeah. It, I was actually really worried at first. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And then I sat down and I was like, Oh man, what if I can't do it? 
I was like, oh man. But then like the second I pull out my notebook and I, I kind of started doing like story circles and, and stuff like that, story clocks and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, no, I know what I'm doing. Like I got it. I can do it. And, and then I started developing the outline, developing some of the characters. And the next thing you know, I was like, I was writing and I was like, oh yeah, I got this. I can do this. Nice. What is, uh, are you willing to talk about what it's yeah, about? Man, I, I talk about it. It's, it's called the murders of pacifist pines, which I wrote a similar thing a while ago. I think it was the first thing I'd ever yes, seen. I read this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not good. The old stuff, but I took that idea and I, um, I used it as a plot for a murder mystery starring a character that we actually kind of worked on in on an episode of written by uh-huh. the whodunit episode it was a character i created the character he thames when i was in high school yeah and uh me and robert made an episode about him if you guys want to go back and listen to that i think that's episode three or two even yeah i, think, it's, I think it's two. three i think it's three, three. yeah um and uh, we developed that character more in that episode. And then so I took that detective character that we kind of developed and I used uh, the plot from something else I wrote. And I kind of created this whole new thing. It's called The Murders of Pacifist Pines. So is this is this the detective that... He, he's an actor yeah. on a show. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I even like developed it some more. So like uh, he was on a show called First Suspect where every episode... Uh, the premise of this show, because remember that time when like all of TV were just different yeah. daytime uh, like cop shows and each one had like a different hook. It was like, oh, this guy's a mathematician who solves crimes and this one's a psychic detective who solves crime. <laughs> uh, and so he was on a show called First Suspect where the hook was every episode in the big finale when they ripped off the you know the mask uh, metaphorically and showed who it was it was the first suspect that they talked to and it was like that for every episode <laughs> and so it eventually got canceled because it was so yeah. repetitive i thought that was funny yeah dude it's funny you bring that up because i was actually i was listening to conan's podcast or was i listening to this podcast or maybe i just saw this on twitter but mm. conan was actually part of a project that was like somewhat similar really where he he wrote a tv pilot with some other people that was about a detective or not a real detective someone who played a detective and thought he could solve crimes oh dang i'm gonna go jump off a bridge yeah no it's a (laughs) it's called lockwell but uh it's it's one of these things that's like it's like a legendary TV pilot that never oh, got that picked never, up. But people talk about it. Exactly. There was yeah. one with Jack Black. Where no, Jack Black Vision plays, and yeah, Jack. Yeah. yeah. And that one's actually, you can watch it. It's out there. Yeah. I think, I think this might be out there too, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, it, uh, yeah, that's existed before, but it didn't, uh, Lauren Michaels produced it, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, one episode was released in july 1991 and then it never got picked up now is did conan write it or is he in it no he wrote it okay interesting because i would love to watch a detective show with conan in it yeah (laughs) that would be amazing honestly yeah uh yeah when i when i was outlining the feature it's not um it became a lot more of like it's not because also only murders in the building is about a detective who uh, a de- quote unquote detective who played one on TV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so when I was, did fleshing, this come out like while you were writing this or, uh, 
technically me and you released the whodunit episode where we did this way before yeah i'm, I'm curious like if it if it like changed the course it did. Of, like, yeah yeah when okay. i watched only murders in the building i was like well maybe i shouldn't put as much emphasis on him being because i transitioned to where he's a young struggling actor okay he had one season of a tv show that made yeah. him a huge star uh-huh but then nothing came after that yeah and and that was really influenced by um when i hear these actors on podcasts and stuff uh-huh. like um in particularly the first scream movie mm-hmm. uh matthew lillard was like the hottest thing after that movie came out and then no one called him and he yeah, didn't get any man. parts yeah dude i on i'm almost glad that happened because that i i like that a whole lot better like that's way more interesting yeah to me. so he's uh he's a struggling actor he's young like 25 ish yeah and uh it kind of becomes like his arc throughout is about learning it's not about being famous like he's like okay. really struggling to, to yeah. he wants to get popular that's why he's doing so i'll give a little bit of the synopsis uh just because you know who cares <laughs> no one's listening <laughs> um no one's still my idea um Basically, he is shooting this indie movie with this like hot director right now. This hot indie director. He's a British dude. He's kind of like extravagant, and uh, it's a remake of "It's a Wonderful Life" called "It's a Terrible Life," <laughs> and it's set during Halloween time. Huh. And it, and so it's a terrible idea for a movie. Uh, but he they they're filming it on location in this small town. And is this we'll, like a straight to Netflix movie or something? Because that's what yeah, that like. yeah, but probably not even Netflix. Oh. Like it's probably like it's like he's releasing it himself. This oh, director okay. that like everybody's talking about on Twitter, like yeah, that level okay. of like a Jim Cummings yeah. type. Um, and so they're shooting on location in this small town, and while Heath is there. Uh, he gets kind of swept up into this mystery that's happening in the town. People keep dying, and he starts putting more energy into solving this mystery than he does working on the film. And the big decision he has to make is he has to decide, is he a detective or are you going to come to work? Because huh. and, and it's pretty much a decision he has to make. And um, he's just got to learn. He's juggling the, uh, the trying to be a famous actor. He's got an ego. He thinks he's a hot shot. No one's calling him. So his ego's bruised. Like that kind of thing. Nice. So how how detailed are you outlining this? Like before you even start? Before like are you are, are you the type that like plans every like I hear stories of people that like have outlines that are like twenty pages long before they even like touch the, the script document. Are you like that? Are you the other way where you like leave a lot of mystery and you just kind of write as you go? Where are you at? Well, so I don't type an outline. Okay. I handwrite everything. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I get really excited project about a project, I'll get a new notebook. I've kept notebooks like all through my time in college where I just kind of, I write, it's not like a journal. I just like write my thoughts yeah. and like doodles and stuff. Um, and when I have an idea I'm really passionate about, I'll buy a brand new notebook and then I'll start writing my ideas. And so like I, I don't outline it per se at first i'm just like writing ideas for characters i'm writing plot ideas i'll draw story circles and fill in the gaps and be like oh that would be cool here oh that would be a cool climax moment kind of thing and i'll feel like i'll fill up half of a notebook with just ideas before i start writing 
but it's not like an organized thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'm kind of, I'm completely digital. I used to do Evernote and use like the Apple notes now, but mm. essentially like for every project I have like one note document Master note. and yeah. yeah, I'd like type in that like up until like the final draft is done. And like a lot of it, yeah, it's like putting down random ideas. I almost like, I'll like talk things out in like my note document to mm-hmm. where like, it's almost like the scratch pad where like almost journal and I'll like literally type out things like, okay, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> yeah, 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 Let's yeah. think of what would be best to do here. This character wants this, blah, blah, blah. And like, it helps like get things on paper. But, yeah. Uh, you, you write like, what does he want here? Exactly. And then yeah. later you might go back and be like, oh, he wants this. Yeah. It's almost like how we talk back and forth exactly. on the podcast. I yeah. talk with myself on the, yeah, on the I, th- I think that's what everybody does. Yeah. I mean, Cause how else are you going to writing a story is essentially just problem solving. Exactly. So yeah. it's just, you're sitting there just trying to solve problems that you're creating. <laughs> yeah. And if you keep all that stuff like trapped in your brain, it just like becomes a feedback loop and you don't get yeah. anywhere. You got to get it out somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, on like, this project I did, I outlined a good bit before I start with, with every feature I've written, I've outlined more as I went on before I, I still haven't reached the point where I have like a 20 page outline, but on this, yeah next one i'm planning to write i do have like a five page one which i'm very excited about i am very excited about that one um yeah that's interesting so with yours though you have a short film already Mm -hmm. which is kind of based in the same universe but i'm imagining for the feature version it's a lot more yeah yeah so the short film i had written and shot before I even like had the feature version outlined. So it's like, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. Cause I think like most people, if they're trying to like use a short film to like pitch a feature, like they have everything written out mm-hmm. or at least like planned out. Whereas like, I didn't like, I made the feature just to like, or I made the short just because I wanted to like make the short and mm-hmm. then kind of read the feature around it. So the whole like mood of the feature is actually like pretty different from the short it's like it's almost to the point where if it looked like i was actually going to make this i might have to like reshoot a different short because it doesn't talk it doesn't say the tone at all yeah like it uh what what the short film which is out and you could watch does is it gets it gets the mechanics of the monster down Mm. pretty well but a lot of like the central like what this character wants and what his problems are, like isn't really present in the short. Well, in the short, the the character really doesn't have much of a character, you know, like it's in the short. And I highly recommend you go watch it because it was a lot of fun to make and it's really funny, uh-huh. but not in like a comedy sense. It's about a refrigerator, you know? So it's <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. it's funny, but, um, the main character is just a, a guy and he's just scared for like four minutes or whatever. Yeah. No, like, yeah, the whole short just kind of centers around establishing what this monster is because, you know, the monster mm-hmm. of it is like, <laughs> there's a refrigerator that moves around. Yeah. And, and, it, and the mechanics in the short film, it's awesome. Like watching this refrigerator <laughs> pop around is hilarious and amazing. Yeah. For, for the listeners that are confused, like the whole inspiration behind it was, I was like watching, I was watching a lot of horror movies like over quarantine and like I got to thinking like in movies like Annabelle, like these spirits will like 
possess an inanimate object like a, a doll or something and i was like just what if what if it was something like comically large to where yeah not only is it scary but it's also just really inconvenient to have something really <laughs> big like it, it, being possessed and i think that <laughs> it's like when you watch it you forget that it's a refrigerator because it gets scary like it <laughs> dude okay honestly like this feature like i'm taking a lot of big swings with it because it's like funny but i, I deal with a lot of like serious try to make things. it about a lot of serious things too but like <laughs> it's just like yeah sometimes i'll get so like deep into it and i almost wonder if like making it about serious things but also like it's kind of like horror like campy horror campy, inspired yeah, too yeah. like I'm curious to see once I send it out to people if people think that works or if it yeah. clashes or well I mean my thing is like everyone kind of has a distinct style yeah. you know and so other people can't really tell you what your style is you know yeah now this uh how I've written it it might be a little too big budget for like a first feature so mm -hmm. like the main thing i'm hoping to accomplish with this script is just to have something i to can send to, yeah. to yeah other writers producers and stuff and be like this is like my voice and what i'm this is what i'm of. capable of right now yeah. yeah i dig that yeah i dig that yeah i think that's probably what my goal well my goal when i was going to write was just i want to do it like i just want my goal was to mm -hmm. just finish it and it was like actually have written a feature that i can yeah. say i did um, so is that is that the only thing you're thinking about or are you are you keeping in mind like hmm, maybe like I have 10 locations in here that might be a hard thing to shoot. Maybe I'll try to get it down to two or are you just like it not concerned? I'm I'm not concerned during the writing process. However, like looking back on it, it, it would probably be a pretty low budget film to do. Because it's, you know, it's a mystery. It's not like yeah. they're going through crazy locations. It all It's all set within the same, like, four or five locations yeah. in this small town. Uh, so, like, it would be feasible, you know? But, I mean, it is a 90-minute feature, so. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think has been the biggest challenge so far working on your script? Honestly, just time. Yeah. Just sitting down and actually doing it. Because, like when I do sit down and start writing, I can just go forever. Like it, to be completely transparent, I usually write during my science class. <laughs> I just sit in the back and I write. Wait, during our science? Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's cause I can focus, you know, I, there's nothing going on <laughs> in case, in case anyone messed my Instagram story. I was, <laughs> someone asked me about, I forget how it came up, but I just, I realized the the main takeaway for North Greenville Earth Science for me was that <laughs> evolution inspired the Holocaust and asbestos is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing that he kind of talks about. His is whole soapbox is like, "Hey, asbestos is not dangerous." <laughs> And he was like, and he's like, I have it locked up in this case because, you know, some people are, are sensitive and they get scared when asbestos is out and about. And he's like, you would have to breathe in asbestos for like several months consistently for it to even harm you a little bit. And I'm just like, word, bro. But I don't know what this has to do with rocks and minerals, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it is a 
something. Yeah. But I mean, for everyone listening, being like, how dare you write during your class? Like he's, he's not, not messing much. They don't believe in dinosaurs, dog. Okay. But you, <laughs> you write during science class. Yeah. And so like, I'll have like an hour and 15 minutes of writing and I'm like, and I'm going, cause I have pretty much the story outline done. Mm-hmm. So it's literally just me in a scene and I get to come up with what these characters are saying. And I write from an actor's perspective. Um, and so I'm like acting it out and I'm like, what would this character say? And so I'm like, I'm literally having a conversation with myself where I'm playing all of the characters in the scene. So if there's two characters in the scene. I'm talking to myself, going back, being like, what would be natural to go here? What just doesn't sound natural? Like no one would ever say that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I just do that to myself in the back corner of science while I'm writing these scenes and I have so much fun doing it. And then class is over and then I have to wait another day because you know every other day I have earth science and so I write Tuesday and Thursday and then I'll try to find time on Wednesday or something like that but um, that's the hardest part because like the story's done for the most part Mm -hmm. I just have to actually write it yeah yeah man I uh I used to have man like with work and like everything else like my schedule's at a point like it's just like super tight and I was at a point where I was writing every day but then like I worked on a short film and then I'm working on stuff for Shama and other things just come up but I I am kind of on like a like Tuesday Thursday kind of schedule yeah I have Friday off so like my main like productivity point is like Friday morning you get up and just write so that's cool and that's also is like you kind of have to be in the mood to write but sometimes you have to force yourself to be in the mood to write. Yeah, I definitely, I've gotten to a point where, like, I try to force myself. And, like, I'm at a point where, like, usually when I sit down to write, I'm, like, not in the mood. Yeah. And, like, I'll do it for, like, three hours. And a lot of times, like, I'm not very productive for, like, the first two hours. But You'll get if there. I'm, like, there enough, then, yeah. like. Yeah, I will, I have to just start writing something to get my brain kind of going. And then once I've started writing something, I can go back. I'll delete everything and start over because now I'm like, Oh wait, never mind. I'll do this way. Um, we were talking about this on one of the deleted episodes or not deleted, but lost episodes. I talked about how I was writing. I wrote like five solid pages that I was passionate about, dude. Uh And then my MacBook just died on me. Um, and I lost those five pages. And so I rewrote them and it didn't feel the same. And I was like, no, I actually fixed it. Okay. I did. You feel good about it now? Dude, I, my brain would not stop until I fixed it. So that night after we recorded, I had to like write oh, it because nice. like my brain would not stop. But yeah, that I'm, I wouldn't say that like, there are definitely times where like I'll sit down and be like, I need to write. And then I'll look at it and be like, no, I can't do this right now. And then I'll just close it and walk away. But for the most part, once I sit down and I actually just kind of like start typing anything at all, like just type something, I'll get into the the mood to write very quickly. Yeah. How, uh, how much do you think you get done per session? Cause like when we, when we worked on our script together, I realized you write a whole lot faster than me. Yeah. I, so like in my science class, if I'm writing for that, hour and 15 minutes i probably get like probably get five pages done okay i can probably yeah i write about probably five pages an hour i would say sometimes 
more if I'm like real, like if there's a lot of dialogue, I can like, I can fly through that. Yeah. Cause like I said, like I'm, I'm performing it for myself practically. So I'm literally just typing what yeah. I'm saying. Um, but if it's a lot of like scene building kind of stuff, like I need to figure out like why they're here. I need to yeah. figure out, you know, cause the thing with the mystery too, is I have to put clues throughout uh-huh. and the clues have to be, you don't want the audience to get confused. So it's like you have to like spread out the clues enough so they really comprehend that each thing is a clue and then you have to misdirect them. Like I'm I have a red herring character that I want the audience to think and you have to make a good case uh, for how that person did it. Yeah. But then you have to make it to where he they didn't do it. So it's like, obviously this character did it, but it's like, oh wait, he didn't do it? Man, and audiences are more savvy now. Like they've had like 50 plus years of mystery movies. So like they know what a red hairy character is. And so, you know, I'm trying to make it, and you have to have kind of like a twist, but it doesn't have to be like a M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan (laughs) (laughs) twist. So it's, yeah. I I would say most of my time writing is literally just like, does this make sense Mm -hmm. or is this too confusing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been entirely like a hundred percent what working on a second draft has been. Yeah. Cause like what I did is like, I had my first draft and I don't, I always just like call it a first draft whenever like I reach the last page and like every scene is like written out in some form. But like my first drafts like aren't ready for like people to read. Mm -hmm. So like I print out the document like physically Mm -hmm. and then I'll go through with pen and and, make any changes. Yeah, just write my thoughts as I think them. And a lot of it is just like, yeah, this doesn't make sense or like this isn't going to lead to the thing that happens in the third act or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably well. Ended. Like my senior projects do in like two weeks. So I have a lot to get done in two weeks. I'm gonna write a bunch over Thanksgiving break, but I don't, yeah. I'll definitely not have time to do a second draft for my project, uh-huh. but also it's like, they don't know any better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the people at the school, they don't know what a good script looks like. That's, that's how it was for my play ready class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my plan is, you know, finish the first draft in time for my senior project and then take, you know, take my time mm-hmm. on the second draft to actually make it something I'm proud of. And then, uh, I really love the story and uh, I've been really playing around with the idea of, of like writing, um, actually writing like a novel is something that I, I want to um, experiment with and see if maybe, maybe it works as a novel because I'm, I learned a while ago. I'm not a filmmaker. Like I, I tried to produce a short film one time and I, I wrote it and I got everything together and I shot it and I hated it. Like I hated every second of it. And like, I remember I didn't even edit it. I looked at the footage I got and I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Oh, and I was like, this is garbage. And, um, I, I learned that I'm not a director. Like I'm not a filmmaker. I don't have the, um, I don't have the skill set. I don't have the ability to make decisions like how you do. And so I like writing and I like acting. And so I think maybe, um, while I'm auditioning and while I'm acting and stuff, I can try writing, short stories or novels or something just for, for my, um, sanity. Yeah. That's a, a lot of professional screenwriters do that. Yeah. I know I follow the dude that wrote rogue one 
Book of Eli, a lot of stuff. He also like puts out novels. And, really? That's really cool. Yeah. No, a lot of like, a lot of writers talk about that where it's like the filmmaking process, like it takes a long time. It's super collaborative. Your stuff is going to get changed or whatever. Yeah. If you want to just have something out that's purely you, like, you know, the novel's the best way to do it. Yeah. And also, I feel like that would just be kind of like a fun new experience for me because I've never, totally. never done that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm all about I'm all about trying new things, guys. If there's one thing to take away from this, is try new things. So I'm curious, like, as as you've been writing this feature, like, what what do you think is the thing you want to improve on the most as a writer? Like, the your next time doing this. That's uh, I think the thing that I've definitely like like if I was to like send it to you right now as it is, there would probably be some big pacing problems okay i think like i don't know i'm trying to think of a proper answer for that question (laughs) (laughs) um maybe actually no i do know my answer for this one definitely developing characters better okay that's definitely one thing that i struggle with i have the main character which is pretty well developed but then it's also like making sure that other characters aren't just flat yeah. if that makes sense huh. what does what does that mean to you like I, I don't know I just um, sometimes I'll watch movies you know put out by big studios and you'll get to the end and you're like I don't really care about some of those characters you know uh-huh. and it's like I want to make sure that every character that the audience should like ha- they have the time to absorb and enjoy the and like understand the character if that makes sense yeah yeah you, the audience doesn't like a character just because you tell them to there has to actually be likable traits and there has to be like reasons for them it's like the you know the classic save the cat thing is like if you're gonna write a if you're gonna write a a typical kind of like studio movie the first scene should be your hero saving a cat yeah. showing the audience why they're a likable person so yeah yeah I've I've had something similar where like reading the first draft of this thing I'm working on, there's one character. He's like a secondary character that's like a best friend of the main character. He's there the whole time. And he did feel like very flat to me where it's mm-hmm. like plot lies, he needed to be there and he fit in there and he was useful. But like just as a person, mm-hmm. He felt a little like two dimensional, like that was the only thing he was there for was the plot stuff. So like that was, yeah, going through this other draft, just trying to like come up with a reason for the audience to like care, like Mm -hmm. not even that he was like likable because he not necessarily, he isn't necessarily that likable, but it's like you want to like care about him in a way and like hear things from like his perspective. Like I saw, I've heard one writer say that like, they would do a pass on their script where each time they would read the script from front to back and think about it from the perspective of Of one character. I need to do that. Front to back from the different character, front to to back the third character. Yeah. Yeah. I need to do that for sure. Yeah. Because that, that's, I think what I was trying to put into words is like, if you're reading it, if you're reading the script, like I'm so like in like writing a scene, you know what I mean? Like you, you often forget about like, the whole picture yeah because you're so in this one scene this one moment no that's what's so hard about the feature because when you're used to just like 
being able to like look right at the screen and see the three pages like you could see the whole picture yeah, very easily but it's hard to go back and read 45 pages yeah, you could get really lost yeah and so it's it's making sure that i if i can sum up all of my problems with writing it's making sure it makes sense yeah. Cause it makes sense to me, but I know everything. Like I know <laughs> everything, even if it's not yeah. on the page. So it's making sure that I've put the correct information on the page to make sure that the audience is understanding what's going on. Yeah. Now that leads into like, cause the main thing I've noticed I want to improve on is just like clarity in like the scene descriptors mm. and like making sure that like, you know, every time you step into the room, like the geography is clear, but you also mm-hmm. aren't spending like Too six sentences like yeah. explaining it. But yeah, yeah. Like uh, whenever whenever it came out, like I got that like Aaron Sorkin masterclass screenwriting thing mm-hmm. and it it's pretty good. But like the best part about it was he had like six up and coming screenwriters like read scenes they wrote and he would just like dissect them and like give his thoughts on them and like a lot of it came down to just like the sentence wasn't clear enough about where we are and you like repeat these words and like, or these thoughts in two mm-hmm. different sentences. And you just I think that's, that. that's another thing I'm worried about is because it's a mystery and you're, you know, the characters are trying to solve the mystery. I'm worried. Like, are they just repeating the same thing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like say there's a, there's a character that, was in a relationship with one of the victims and then they find out, wait, he was also in a relationship with the other victim. And so it was like, are they bringing up the fact that he was dating both victims too often? Or is that kind of thing that yeah. they should say once? And then the audience is like, Oh yeah, we know that already. Like that kind of thing. How would, how would you describe like, if you were like pitching your film and you had to be like oh it's like this movie meets this movie meets this thing or whatever like how would you describe the tone of what you're doing it's like knives out meets psych okay the the tv show psych that's how, that's it's a it's a it's a mystery with a lot of comedy elements but the comedy is like I don't know how to explain my brand of comedy. Like, I mean, obviously if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, like what I find funny cause I laugh at it. But, <laughs> um, I like to pull comedy like from scenes instead of like trying to put jokes into scenes, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's very like observational humor, I guess, where it's sure. like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time explaining it. What, what would you describe yours as? Uh, let me think. I, uh, well, I used to be like, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like campy, funny horror combined with just a kind of like darker conspiracy. So I'd almost be like, I would tell people it's like, it's get out meets, uh, the virgin suicides or something. But as, yeah. as I was, I've been writing this, uh, after I finished the first draft and I put it away for a little bit. Uh, a Netflix show was announced and then I um, watched it while doing the second draft. And what's yeah, the show inside job. No, it's oh. midnight mass. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So now I tell people my film is kind of like midnight mount midnight mass. If it was funny. <laughs> okay. So it's like, it's like, um, midnight mass. If it was made by the dude who made, uh, like young Frankenstein. 
Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mel, Mel Gibson, uh, not Mel Gibson, no, not, not Mel, Mel, Gibson. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Mel yeah. Brooks. <laughs> yeah, Mel Brooks. It was yeah. like it's Midnight Mass. was made by Mel Brooks. <laughs> That's what's yeah. up. Yeah, I'm very excited to read it. Um, because you know we did the short film version, so I'm very curious to see how it's grown and evolved since uh-huh. then. But also, I just love comedy. Yeah, man. And I love I love the horror comedy genre. I know. There's not there's not like enough of it. Yeah. I feel like I I heard somebody say that horror movies like they're very financially successful because they could be sold overseas and they don't mm-hmm. have to be expensive or have stars, but like as soon as you like add a comedy element, like comedy could be kind of regional and so people yeah. overseas don't necessarily get every joke and so that's why you know it's all down to capitalism why yeah. <laughs> why certain movies aren't made as much and but. if you if you do typically see like horror comedy it's like it's a british film kind of thing because they're Wait, what british horror comedies are there oh i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> like just like i feel like anything that i've seen like Edgar Wright is British, right? Yeah. Like anything that I've seen that's like horror comedy, just like in my life that I can't really think of at the top of my head. I feel like it's got British yeah. elements to it. Yeah. No, his his definitely like his works because it's very physical and it's like that Charlie Chaplin. Like yeah. you're just watching all these physical gags. It's mainly like yeah, like the dialogue jokes that don't translate. Right. Yeah. And so I, I met. I think the point I was trying to make was that's why it doesn't translate yeah. well to other people when we do it is the same i don't know man yeah no no that makes sense that I, makes I was sense, yeah. poorly communicative which i i don't know maybe i should be on a podcast <laughs> but yeah so that's what we've been up to guys we've um i would say that we've both learned we've both learned a lot in 2021 i think so too yeah between yeah between the short film all these podcast episodes feature i didn't have a dick sing with fangs horror comedy exactly yeah yeah which i feel like it's mostly just like a bunch of physical gags i don't i don't know i look at it as a rom-com yeah 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 it is it is yeah i'm I'm curious i don't i don't know if anyone outside of the states has watched that movie i'd be curious to see what i don't know if anybody out of our state has watched the movie I don't know. We've been we've been getting an okay amount of views. I'm going to plug it on church stories tonight. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, if if you were disappointed with this irregular episode, like everyone, the, yeah, the the podcast you actually like that we're both on and you know us from, that's <laughs> coming out. It's coming back. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but I it'll probably be out by the time this. Wait, no, this comes out tomorrow. Ah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> what are they going to do? Fire me? Probably. <laughs> Yeah. yeah but no every every time i like post one of these reels or like a photo like it gets like seven new views so yeah dude i've been really enjoying those yeah. uh the reels that you've been making i don't remember if we talked about it on an episode that aired or one that got lost but uh if you guys aren't following robert on instagram you got to because he's posting really cool reels where he's like showing the behind the scenes stuff of of sing with fangs and other projects so yeah yeah well, dude, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading what you're doing. And I'm I looking forward that, to reading what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I hope the rest of it goes well. I hope finish so on time. Hey man, um, when do you think you'll be done with your second draft? So I have a, a filmmaker friend of mine who does really great work and I love as a writer and director. Mm-hmm. He posted that he was open to reading some screenplays for a, for a very low fee, like where much lower than he should be charging. But, yeah. uh, and I was like, yo, I'll do it, but I need a month. And he was like, bet. And uh, a month has passed. So, oh boy, you gotta get on that. <laughs> I'm trying to finish in like the next like three or four days. So, okay. Are you close? I am close. I'm on page like 80 of, well, the second draft will have a few more pages, but the first draft was 111 pages and I'm on like page 80, 81 or something like that. Okay. So, okay. So, were you aiming for 120 when you set out to write it or was it just like whatever I get to, I get to? I always aim for kind of 100. That that always feels like a sweet spot for me, but again, it's all like very relative mm-hmm. to what what's in there and how much describing and whatever. But my my goal was 90. I was like I can do 90. Yeah. And I'm on page like I think I'm on page 60. Nice. So I have like 30 more pages to write in the next 2 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I always I always try to aim like lower for like a shorter movie because like whenever you start writing it always takes a little longer yeah. and like if I was aiming for a two hour movie like my first draft would probably be like two and a half hours and that'd just be too much yeah I saw a tweet the other day that was like bring back 90 minute movies I'm sick of this Man, and I was oh, like I'll do it I <laughs> I see that sentiment so much, but like I've seen people point out that like 90 minute movies were never like the average movie length. Yeah. I don't, I mean, people pitched a fit when Venom two wasn't very long. Mm -hmm. Venom two was probably like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And people were like, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. But no, if you, you go back like all the most popular movies of the nineties, the eighties, the seventies, they were all around like two hours. Like even movies you don't think of as like long movies, like speed is like two hours. I mean, Forrest Gump's like almost three hours. I feel like it's a long movie. Dude. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about this. Uh, <laughs> I was, I did like a mental like uh, run through of like everyone who listens to this show that I know of. Yeah. All right, so I got so frustrated with my textbook in this one class. There's a whole like entertainment section in my my ethics class, my media ethics class. There's this whole entertainment section of the textbook, and as I'm reading the entertainment section for my like discussion posts and stuff like that. It became very clear to me that the author of this textbook knew nothing about what they were talking about. Yeah. Which then I was like, well, if they don't know what they're talking about here, what if they didn't know what they're talking about in the other sections? Like, this is like what they were talking about. At one point there was a case study and it talked about like reboots and remakes and stuff. And it talked about, is it ethical for movies to make films that are very like, they're called tentpole films, uh-huh. like very cookie cutter, like formula reboots and remakes because they're just making it to make money they're like is that ethical is that ethical yeah which is already like a weird thing to ask yeah i mean they are like hurting people yeah yeah it's like is that manipulating the audience though and it's like ah don't go see the movie but um they like they gave an example at one point and they were like um movies like forrest gump and field of dreams would never be made today because studios wouldn't take the chance on a on a <laughs> on a movie that's not already based mm-hmm. on an intellectual property 
And as I'm reading this, I'm like, Forrest Gump's a novel that was yep. very successful. Exactly, and Field man. of Dreams is based off of the book um, about Shoeless Joe Jackson. Or yeah, is that right? Shoeless Joe Jackson? About someone. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it's based off another really popular book from back in the day. And so it's like, yeah. you didn't even cite your sources well. Like, Yeah, no, the IP... The IP problem has gotten worse, but it's definitely not new. Like, yeah, it, and then the textbook was like the the big example that they were making was like the Lone Ranger, the Johnny Depp Lone Ranger. Yeah, they were like, see, this is the perfect example of them just taking an old intellectual property and then using it to make a bunch of money. And then in the same paragraph, they were like, oh, by the way, it made no money. <laughs> and it's like, you use a better example. Yeah, <laughs> that's my little rant. Yeah, no, college is a scam. Yeah, man, I've, I've been doing homework all day, so I've just really been in a, like, I hate college. Yeah. Man, I just, I don't know. I've just gotten in this mood where I'm like, I notice all these super successful people that I don't think are that talented. I <laughs> I shouldn't talk about it, but I was on a shoot. <laughs> I was with you on that shit. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, this is <laughs> Robert, <laughs> talking about. Let's me. just say this was directed by an actor in the industry that makes a living doing this, and it was the worst thing I'd ever been on. Man, <laughs> did not know what you I'm could tell. Curious. You could tell these people had been on a film set, but oh, I I can't wait for this to be over. So you okay? Can this, this man, this is this is what I'll say on air, and then I'll cut it here. <laughs> But, okay, if you're an up-and-coming director, the one thing as a director you are not supposed to do with your actors is what's called a line reading, which is if you have a line that's like, hey, don't put that there, and the actor says it a little differently. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You are not supposed to go up to the actor and say, hey, say Say it it like this. this. Hey, don't put that (laughs) here, because (laughs) it never translates the actor's never going to say it exactly how you say it. It's never going to sound exactly how you think it sounds coming out of the actor's mouth. It does not work. If you do that with a professional actor, like half of them, there are hundreds of stories of actors receiving a line reading and walking off set, just outraged. Like, it's not what you're supposed yeah. to do. This dude, not not only did he do... I think I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Not only did he do line readings, like... His main directing style is just line readings, not not <laughs> just line readings. I have never seen someone do scene readings where this dude would perform an entire three minute scene as this other actor, finish it up and just say, yeah, just do it like that. No way. <laughs> yeah. And then he would do it. And this dude, who's not like a professional actor, would like get pretty close and he would still be like, no, do it like this. And he would like say the whole thing three minute scene again no way it was crazy here's the thing and that dude's making a living but like the most talented people i know are, are struggling, struggling. Yeah. yeah thank you for saying that about me no, <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah so here's the thing i feel like if a director ever did that to me i wouldn't storm off or walk off or anything yeah. obviously uh who do i think i am but i would definitely be like oh i would shut down i think I think I would be so in my head of like, am I that bad that this dude's trying to explain yeah. the whole scene to me? And then I think I would shut down and, and give up. I would be like, ah. Man. Okay, I'm going to say a few more things because it's funny. <laughs> but okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 
So, okay, just to paint a picture. So this dude <laughs> refused to remember my name. I'm like the main person shooting this. I'm like, hey, I'm Robert. And he kept on th- acting like it was like a quirky thing. Like, oops, I forgot your name. What is it? It's like. This, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I would have. I think I would have hit him. I came in. <laughs> there were some trees outside and like some sort of leaf had like fallen in my hair. And he's like, oh, you got something in, on your head. And it's like, oh, okay. And I'm like feeling around like, where is it? I can't find it. And dude, like literally like grabs my wrist and like pulls my hand <laughs> with my wrist like where it is. And it felt so weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame And then you. to make matters worse. He had to close on a house and left halfway through the shoot and he left no one a second in command. So we didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) And that's how I make a living. I've gotten into fist fights for less than what you just explained. (laughs) He not only made the point of like, I don't remember your name, which I got into a full blown, like heated Uh argument with a professor one time because he wouldn't learn my name. Uh Like he would call roll every day and be like, James who's James <laughs> and I'd be like here I go by Chase and he goes oh okay and then the next day James who's James I'm right here I go by Chase it got to the point where I just lost my mind dude I was like I was like dude my name is Chase I've done this every day with you and he was like oh I'm so sorry my bad <laughs> and then one time someone grabbed my Chick-fil-a cup in yeah. the Chick-fil-a line and I was ready to throw hands <laughs> so the fact that you were just like respectful and responsible yeah. good for you man yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. This dude's a. I can't wait to hear if I'm correct in who I think it is. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's really funny. Well, well, yeah. That's a. It's been this episode, and we'll uh, we'll be back with a normal one. You know. Hopefully next uh, hopefully, week. Hopefully, all things considered. Dude, you know what? I have. Next week, uh, at the time of filming, well, this is coming out pretty much the next night. This is a a rapid edit, guys. Roberts had to do all of it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be trusted with SD cards. (laughs) Um, So this upcoming week that you guys are listening to is Thanksgiving. And then the following week are my final exams. And then I graduate the week after that, man. Nice. Nice. And then we can record these every night if you want. Let's <laughs> or uh, I'll, I'll come I'll come apply and work with you and we'll just record these while at your work man we should because <laughs> <laughs> like, where's Chase and Robert they're in that room yeah what they open the door <laughs> what's up guys welcome to written by the number one podcast in the world <laughs> <laughs> they're like guys we have cha- uh, church in like two minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, we don't have a title to close this thing out with so here's what we're gonna do um and this has been written by, spoken by Robert Thero and Chase Bridges. <laughs> spoken by. And did uh, we sing anything this episode? No, we didn't. Uh, Robert eats salmon five times a week. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>